0: If you have some mental health concerns, if you feel hopeless, helpless and carry some guilt and shame, it is highly advisable for you to contact a mental health helpline in your country of residence. Or better still, go to see your primary health care provider, like a GP, and share with them how you feel. But if you feel so distressed before, during, or after this program, call your local emergency line. For example, in Australia, this is triple zero, and in America, is 911. And remember, God loves you, and so do we. Next station,
1: Adventist Reflections. To discuss character-building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Danzy. Hi, family. Welcome back to Lesson 11, Living the Advent Hope. Today's topic is very special to my heart. And I have a very close to my heart based on, I guess, my own experiences. And indeed, it is based on the premises of hoping and hopeful living. But before we commence, Catalina, welcome back. You're again joining us Thanks from for Brisbane. Having. Yeah. How is Brisbane? How is the big smoke? I am.
0: It's big and smoky.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to coming back to big, the country?
0: Smoky and exhausting.
1: Okay. Always. Awesome. Always.
0: After like three days, we're like, when are we going home?
1: No, no. Okay, well, you're coming yeah. back some soon, so we look forward to having you back. And meanwhile, let's talk about hope. So, hope is such an important topic, especially when I think about this topic. <clears throat> this week is National Suicide Prevention Week in America. And this Tuesday, the 10th of September, is world suicide prevention day and in the same week this week in australia is the are you okay day on thursday the 12th mm-hmm. of september all of these days point to to the crisis that we're living in today's day uh, and, and age uh we're living in a, such a state of i don't know if i could call it hopeless living but there is definitely something going on i uh, think about it when there is no hope there is no desire to continue In fact, when there is no hope, uh, hopeful living here and now, the desire to live is in danger. So, whilst today's character ideas are based on hopeful living at the spiritual level, I wonder if this spirituality does have an impact on the practical matters related to a tangible hopeful living. So, today's reflections are based on the passage found in 1 Corinthians 15, Uh, Verses 14 and 17 and the verses say, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. And verse 17 says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you're still in in your sins. So before we talk about how to share about such hope, how to share a faith, how to share our own hope. What do you think, Catalina? What does it mean to be living with hope at whatever level you think? What does it mean to to be living hopeful?
0: The important aspect, I think, when you have a look at the comparison between Christianity and not having Mm -hmm. any faith is that at the end of the day, no matter what suffering, no matter what battles, no matter what struggles, no matter what injustices Mm -hmm. we experience in this life, Christianity gives us an opportunity to live again Mm -hmm. in a place that will be perfect. There will be no discrimination, there will be no abuse, there will be no just all the negativity that comes with living in a sinful world. It gives us an opportunity to live again without that and to live in the perfection that God created. And the most important thing that we can do is have that that goal or have that, Mm. I don't know, maybe that dream that things are going to be better. And um I you know you would know that there are certain things that if we can plan for goals or if we can plan for things in the future they help to give us you know some sort of excitement something to look forward to um so I believe that long term as mm. Christians or as as humans living on a sinful world if we can aim for this goal of eternity in mm. in a world that has been recreated and made perfect mm. That is going to affect us on a mental level. It's Mm -hmm. going to give us hope that no matter what I go through now, it's not going to last forever. I I think of people when they're Mm -hmm. working out and when they're doing exercise, at least that's what it is for me. (laughs) I feel like all I'm waiting is for the workout to finish. It's like two minutes in and I'm already ready to give up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel that you're just wanting to be over it until you get to that point where you actually enjoy it. And that could be a whole nother lesson on its own. But Yeah, I feel that it just brings people hope in the fact that this suffering isn't going to last forever, that there is going to be something better. And if we can just hold on for the years that Mm. our life represents, we have eternity um, available for us in in a world made perfect.
1: A couple of things I get from... From the conversation we're having is hope is something that points forward to to the future, to a future matter. And number two, it's obviously attached to something that we think could happen. And we hold on to the idea that it will happen. And yet sometimes it doesn't happen, but we keep on holding on to there. It's like a little child mm-hmm. when you promise them something and they truly fully believe. My mom, mm-hmm. my dad, my whoever told me that they were going to take me here or they were going to give me this. And I believe it, and it's going to happen. And yet, at the human level, I don't know if you ever have, but I know that I have failed my kids many times, and they're so forgiving with me because I have said, look, I'm we're going to do this, and then something else comes, or an emergency mm-hmm. event for work, or whatever, you know. It could be something menial, it could be something great, but something comes in the middle of the way, and we fail. And we learn to be disappointed at the idea mm. of, you know, it doesn't matter if I plan. And some people live mm. in such state of depression and disdain and hopelessness that they think, you know, it doesn't matter what I plan. It's just not going to happen. My life is so messed mm-hmm. up that nothing goes according to what I want. And that's can be such a st- hard state of mind to live. I mean, think about it. We come, we live. we Some of us reproduce. Some of us come and get some little meanings of whatever we do in life. But we eventually die. We face the reality. We eventually all die. So some people think, well, we're going to die anyways. Mm. What does it matter if I go a couple of years sooner rather than later, eventually it will happen. Mm -hmm. And if I'm living in a miserable life, physically, with chronic pain, Mm -hmm. with disdain, or emotionally, things are not getting better, all things have a limit, I guess. And all things burst when overfilled. Why would I choose to remain in such pain? Why would I choose to keep on pressing on with life and living? Why would I choose to just not let go? And I suppose when you're speaking about this idea of a better world one with, with a suffering and pain as you were speaking that i actually felt empowered and excited about this my hope that i have which i do have and believe in such a world that that christ mm. is offering to us was reignited just from those little words you said just then and i wonder if there are certain ways when we can share that hope with somebody who is thinking you know there is nothing out there when they're getting overfilled with all these pains and suffering what can there be to be an outlet like a little bit of a like a pressure valve release, so that some of that steam, some of that pressure is released. I wonder, and, and this is the question that I want to ask you, Catalina, what role do you think could Christianity play here? What, what could we do as we minister to those in need, as we minister to the list of these? What, what role can we play as Christians To help people who are like that.
0: Of all the aspects of ministry that we have looked from the beginning of this Mm -hmm. quarter to now, some of them are very practical. Some are just take food Mm -hmm. to someone that is struggling. Some of the ministry ideas were help those that have experienced injustice. Everything is very practical, but as I've always felt, you know, and when we look at the quote from Christ, you know, from Ministry of Healing, Christ method. We have to always be aware that there has to be more than just providing for the here and now. We have to be very sensitive and be very conscious that all these people that are going through suffering that are experiencing the results of sin, they need to be given hope that there will be restoration as as we've as our little church has worked um, with people through our food bank and through the other ministries that we work through. You're dealing with really broken people and you're dealing with people that have often experienced the worst of sin. Um, and not because of their choices. A lot of people have experienced the result of the sins and the bad choices from their parents, from their family, from siblings. So until we can really be sensitive and be led by the Holy Spirit to discuss with them topics that relate to their overall emotional and mental well-being Mm -hmm. and to be able to bring the gospel into that, Mm -hmm. it's going to be very hard to give anyone any type of hope. Right. You know, there was one particular person that I was dealing with the food pantry. She had fled from one side of Australia to the other side of Australia to a small country town. She was running away from her husband, who was very physically abusive to her and her child. Mm -hmm. And they were under like protection and like she had a a different name and all that sort of stuff. It was quite serious. It's very hard for me to say to her in that situation, hey, don't worry, you know, heaven is going to be great. Like I have to address the fact that she is suffering right now. Yeah and i have to be empathetic mm. but then at the same time i have i've been given the opportunity and the blessing to pray with her um i've kept in contact her with her and i've you know checked up on her to see how she is and i see her in jinjin and she's always very thankful she's cried many times because of the fact that our church has been there for her so yeah I don't think we can always understand the impact that our ministry will have on people, but we still have to be very sensitive to address the suffering that they're going through. And in however mm. way that is, you know, f- for this particular person, I just, I was able to pray with her uh, when mm-hmm. her husband had found out that where she was and she, she was like, now I have to flee mm. from here and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah I think... Be sensitive to understanding and being empathetic to the suffering, the reality of the suffering that they're going through. And at the same Mm. time, trying to see how you can give them hope. Maybe telling them that, oh, just, just hold on a few more, you know, years of this suffering. And, you know, when you do die, you'll get to heaven. Sometimes that isn't sufficient Mm. to give them hope for where they are right now. Sometimes it's just being there and letting them know that we're going to keep you in prayer and we're going to pray that this situation gets better. And, you know, by God's grace, they just have to help. We have to help them to trust in God's leading and that God will... Mm -hmm. We'll try and make
1: things better for them. So as you're depicting this example, which is a really good example of somebody who is struggling with this idea of hope and, and, and there's so much pressures, psychosocial pressures in, in her life. Um, there's a couple of things that, that you mentioned, which is being there, being there is such a valuable key aspect to get somebody the idea, you know, Yes, it is tough, but I'm willing to go through this tough period with you. Even though I'm, I'm not experiencing the same level of distress and suffering, I'm willing to be there through that period with you and be available around that time. And, and, and you know, sometimes be available more than just when we are available, when we would make ourselves available. Some, some people, you know, have the darkest of moments when we are not around. Henceforth, mm. they're having such moments. And also, I guess, and we've been talking about this throughout the whole. Quota for the past 10, 11, well, this is lesson 11. The idea that meeting their needs practical as well, whatever that means for the person, yeah, because it will be valuable. And then, as you talked uh, at the start, is um, the Christ method. At the end of the day, we need to present Christ through our actions. And somehow, I think Christ needs to come into the conversation. This is going to be a tough question, but I'm puzzled by it because I'm not 100% sure uh, that at the practical level, we have a solution ourselves. But the question that I have in my mind is, how do I present Christ by name? So not just by my action. Eventually, mm. I have to introduce Christ. Eventually, I have to say, hey, you know, I am doing this and I love you and I am pathetic and I'm sympathetic and everything else that I have done. But you know what? I can do everything for you. But the one thing that I cannot give you is that, Everlasting hope. That thing that goes beyond me because one day I might drop dead. One day I, something else might mm-hmm. come up. You know, you're in crisis, but maybe another friend of mine will be in a greater crisis than you and I will have to gauge. I will have to, I will have to send you a WhatsApp message saying, you know, I, I, I can't be there right now because I have a very, very mm. important crisis and somebody else has to be addressed or helped. So we will fail at some point in time. That's part of being uh, human beings. How do I convince somebody? When I'm not there, what you need at the end of the day, what you can hold your hope onto, which is the Christian hope, is is Christ. What power do I have to convince somebody? What what are your thoughts of that? What can I do to do that?
0: I think until you experience it for yourself, it's very hard to share it. Okay. Um, And that takes a lot of work because that means that you have to find Christ for yourself in order to really share that. Mm -hmm. Um, We can share, uh, you know, secondhand experience of what someone else has told us, but I know that until you experience for for yourself, you will struggle. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean you can't do it. I know me personally, when I wasn't having, you know, the most closest connection with God um, I, I still shared my faith and I was mm-hmm. still able to minister to people and help them to see the value of having Christ in their life. Mm-hmm. But I think until you really experience it for yourself and I think until you have been at the lowest mm-hmm. and found Christ there helping you and lifting you up, yeah, you will struggle to really do it Do it in a way that will be convincing or that it will be impressive. And I'm saying impressive, not in like a proud kind of way, but it, I don't think they'll be impressed by your experience with Christ until you've experienced it for yourself. So I think the reality mm. is yeah, until you really, really have had that experience with God, it will be mm. a struggle to really present it in the fullness of what Christianity can bring to them. But at the same time, I think you can still give them elements of hope. The Bible is there for everyone, mm. regardless of whether we're, where we're at in our spirituality. Um, and prayer is going to be a blessing, regardless of how deep and maybe how substantial your prayer life might might be. But
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I think until you have that experience for yourself, it's going to be a little hard. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it.
1: Yeah, true. I always, I always think of that verse um, in Corinthians where Paul is saying, you know, nobody declares that Christ is Lord unless he's given to them by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit always does his job. Mm-hmm. But if we don't have the Holy Spirit, it will be a bit tough. But I like your experiential aspect, because I don't know if you recall how long we've known each other, even at the superficial level. I think we met each other at some point in time in, in the Latino church in, in Brisbane back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. If I had to introduce you to somebody, I don't even think back then I knew exactly your name, if I'm honest. You were, you but were, I knew were, you existed. I've exactly. seen you with Stevie and- yeah, yeah, and yeah, everybody knew it it the Mexican guy is there it's because really there was I, there was nobody
0: there was no other Mexican
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh some people even made tests on me. I'm not kidding you. Asking me, are you really Mexican? Like, yeah, what would I say otherwise? And you don't have a mustache Yeah, yeah. The right They're home. like, Oh, do you know this singer? I'm like, Nope. <laughs> uh anyhow. So so if, if, if I had to introduce you back then, I will know very little yeah. of you. And I will say, maybe you, maybe I get to know her, her name is Catalina Revalo. Uh, here's Catalina and, and that's her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, and I, she's my friend, right? And I hope that you can be her friend too. <laughs> uh, it will be very unconvincing. Yeah. Well, if we fast forward all these, whatever, 15, 16, 17 years, whatever, that I have seen you, and yet, I think we have become uh, friends for four or five years since we've been here in Jinjin. I think that's when we, really our relationship started. Um The friend level, I, 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 I have more to offer mm. about who Catalina mm. is. Say, so, hey, this is Kat, and and she likes this, and she likes that, and she's um, she likes going to all the shops and raiding the the, <laughs> the shops, whatever. Whatever you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of things, you know. My introduction about who you are and the knowledge that I have about you will, and the, that will be perceived by the other person will be a lot more convincing. They will know. Mm-hmm oh, you know, this guy really knows this lady and he's her friend. Maybe I like what I'm hearing and I can be there too. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're getting into some unknown that can be scary because for some people, the perception is that God has let me down. Yes. And yet I need to share with them that, you know, I have gone through tough times too and I'm not here to compare mine with yours because I don't want to minimize your pain uh, or invalidate them. But I know that for me, God has been there despite of the facts. And let me introduce you to this mm-hmm. person. I have this friend Catalina his name is Ashley and this guy is amazing because I'm thinking here of the practical the practicalities which which mm-hmm. we are getting into and I learned something quite valuable from Ashley I learned the idea of presenting God to the world in everything that he does, this guy, I, I just don't know I, I think he he doesn't have a shame or embarrassment. He just, every time, it, it, we could be going to Banning's together, to the bank teller, to calls, to the, in the park, enter into a conversation. This guy, either at the beginning, or even if he were just to be at the end, Fit farewells them with just saying, okay, yeah, cheers mate, God bless you. Mm. And he waits for a little bit, a couple of seconds. Waits reaction? And he moves on. You know, he's not there pushing mm-hmm. God or anything. That That's all he does. Mm-hmm. And I think that just that little simple thing is so important in the sense that we are giving people the opportunity to make a decision at that very moment as to <laughs> if God existed or mm-hmm. hmm, maybe he does or yeah, I believe it. Maybe he does bless me or maybe mm-hmm. he will bless me. And it's such a conversation, a starter or finisher. And I have seen, actually likes to talk a lot. Like if you meet this guy, he talks and talks. <laughs> the conversation continues after that, depending on what happens, you know, and, and, and again, he's intuitive. He's, he's intentional, I guess. So I wanted to ask you at the practical level as we're concluding this. Do you have perhaps maybe you don't and that's fine, you know. Um I have I have a little one that I use, but do you have a conversation starter or, or finisher that you might use to introduce your God in an intentional verbal manner to others? You know, it's not just I'm being nice, but rather intentionally, verbally.
0: Yeah so when I am at uh, the moment I begin just like having a conversation or interacting with someone I'm constantly like god what what is the purpose of this interaction um, right and I must say I do let my fear get in there sometimes and I I don't really act on the impression that god has led me whether to pray with the person or to maybe go and dig deeper into a spiritual conversation but on okay. a practical level I like to tell people god bless when I finish with them um, okay. the one thing I have tried to do is when people ask you, Hey, how are you? I want to start saying, I'm blessed. Um, as right. opposed to, Oh, I'm good. I'm tired. I'm busy. Um, I just want to say, I'm blessed or wow. I'm thankful for the blessings. Um, so yeah, I'm like trying that. to work with that, but I think, yeah, fear comes in and you're like, I wonder what mm. they're going to say. Like, whether that's going to be a conversation like shut down or if it's going to be a conversation starter. So um, I do want to start doing that. I generally, when I am with people that I am just meeting for the first time, I'm very quick at letting them know that I am Christian. Mm -hmm. And I'm probably just as quick at letting them know that I'm Adventist. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when you, uh, it doesn't really happen to me anyway, but you know when you're meeting someone and maybe it's like a person of the opposite sex, and you're just like, I'm just going to let you know really quick that I'm married. Um, so right. So you'll be like, yeah, like, hey, how are you going? I'll be like, yeah, good. You know, I just came here with my husband. You know, you're very yes. quick at throwing that in. I'm, I'm the yes. same when it comes to my faith. Like the sooner I can let you know I'm Christian so that I can gauge mm-hmm. what type of conversation I'm going to have with you, the better. Um, Sometimes, you know, I'll be like, when I go to networking things, I'm very quick to let people know that I'm from the Adventist church Um, Mm -hmm. in whatever way that, that it comes about in the conversation. They might be like, oh, so what are you doing? And I'll be like, oh, you know, my church just really wanted to be present here. And straight away they're like, oh, okay, she's a Christian. But then at least you can see is there like a potential that that person's heart is in a place where you can actually minister to them through just interacting, not necessarily let me sit you down and give you a Bible study on the 28 Fundamentals. Um, sure. But at least you can see by their reaction, okay, this is mm. probably someone I'm just going to interact with on a very, like, general, broad mm-hmm. conversation. It, it, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to be spiritual, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have issues, and I don't feel that I've come out of that discussion and that person's – you know, soul isn't saved. Um, mm-hmm. I feel that that is where God has placed me to just have a superficial interaction with them. They already yeah. know I'm Christian. They already know I'm Seventh-day Adventist. And when they have that facial reaction to when you say you're Christian or you say, you say you're say you Seventh-day Adventist, I'm like, you've probably experienced a really pushy Christian. You've probably experienced a lot of negativity. Let me not be another pushy Christian. Um, sure. So I will step back. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's probably, I don't think I have like a pickup line. As, as much yeah, that's I right. Can just that's right. For every interaction, yeah. but
1: yeah, that's how I go about it. Awesome, I like this. I'm blessed, thing, you know. Um, I, I recommend we should viralize mm-hmm. this idea and just hash hashtag I'm blessed. Hashtag- yeah, and 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 let us utilize that as Christians. I think that might change things in the way we perceive. And just as we're saying that. I think it will create a little bit more intuitiveness, a little bit more intentionality for the rest of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh even just I, I can think of so at so many levels how this could be beneficial. Even at the at the point of um yeah, reminds us reminds us who yes. we are, where we're coming from, and how we're to interact from here on. Because a lot of the times we forget and we might end up engaging into all sorts of various arrays of conversations uh and mm-hmm. and, and participating even just at this at the intellectual supportive level. Yeah, okay, cool. So I would like to ask the people who listen to us as well today about their own ways of doing things. Those who are listening today, do you have a conversation, a starter, a feeler, a finisher that you like to share with us and that you can pass on to us because you know I always embrace these ideas like Atelena you say you know I've been thinking about this I'm blessed and I like to embrace that and I'll reflect on that and I'll I'll, I'll try to find a first one time when I can see this is fitting right here and I feel that more comfortable doing it because the more I do it the first time will be probably a bit more daunting I think because it's so Mm -hmm. abnormal and I don't want to just be abnormal for the sake of abnormality but rather at the same time it's so truthful I am blessed there is no doubt about it why should I be hiding the truth and so is there anything that you guys who listen have a, as a conversation, a starter filler or finisher that you would like to share with us? And why don't you share it with our, your Adventist Reflections family and we can share it around, put it in our social media or send us a mm. message. Or perhaps even, you know, if you want to join the conversation here with us, we, we would love to have you and, and talk about what is it that you do and how intentionally you approach people in your communities. we love to hear from you and we love to pass on uh, your ideas to the world uh, as they listen to our podcast. Catalina, any final remarks about this idea of hope and, and hopefulness? There's so much that we can talk, and I feel that we have just scratched very little on the surface, but but um we could be Him forever. And rather than doing that, um let, let's leave it at that practical level of introducing Christ, because at the end of the day, that's the one who will not fail us. Any final remarks about this lesson?
0: Probably that just, you know, really depend on the Holy Spirit to guide you, just because mm. there are people that we are going to interact with multiple times, And God will allow for us to introduce our faith and the gospel to those people. And then there are people that we're only going to have one transaction with. Mm. And if we can somehow, however the Holy Spirit leads us, leave a little bit of Christ with them in mm. whatever way that looks and whatever way the Holy Spirit impresses us to do that. Mm. Let us do that. I think, yeah, we'll, we'll regret not having shared hope with people in their time of need then, you know, being rejected or being embarrassed or whatever it is that, you know, sort of holds you back from sharing your faith. So, yeah, yeah. I encourage the listeners to just step out in faith, really lean on the Holy Spirit so that he can mm. guide you and to leave an impression on people regardless of, the, you know, how long you'll see them for or how many times you're going to interact with them.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you, Catalina. I appreciate that. Now, do you have an encourager for us today, an example of some people around the world who might be presenting Christ uh, to their communities?
0: I'm going to go back to Australia today, and one of the churches that I saw, they have its English conversation classes, and that is from the North Perth uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I've seen another church um, do this, I mean, I've seen a few churches do it, and I think Mm -hmm. it's a really practical way of helping people that are in need. I know that when Stevie's family, specifically when they moved to Australia, they had a Mm -hmm. lot of support from Um, an Adventist church in Sydney because they were new in the area. They didn't know much English. They helped them out with food. They helped them out with furniture. They helped them out with a lot of stuff. And, um, yeah, I feel that, ministering to people that are new in our country to immigrants i think Mm -hmm, it's really mm -hmm. a really important ministry because they've left everything and they're starting all over again Um, and many Mm -hmm. families don't have families and their children are going to miss their cousins and the friends and everything that they had established in their own countries so when they move Mm -hmm. and you know resettle um, it's a really good opportunity to become a family to these people so yeah so north Perth Adventist Church and um, yeah, they do English classes for the community and they also do health talks um, as well for those
1: community members. North Perth Adventist Church. Excellent. Well, check it all out. We'll put a post on our Social media and our Instagram, and we'll feed back to our Facebook about the North Perth Adventist Church. So look out for it and go to the um, Adventist Committed to Serve Facebook page because I'm sure that you'll find something there.
0: You'll find plenty of stuff there.
1: Now the challenge. Uh, once again, uh, I'm gonna present to you something, and and you might be getting bored about this, but I think as we're finishing this series, it is important for you to start now thinking about this over and over again, even if it's repetitive. Mm-hmm. I want to challenge you about bringing avenues to your mind that will intentionally allow you to bring Christ into your conversations. Instead of us challenging you now to do something specifically, think about it. What can you do, as we spoke today, what can you do to bring Christ into your conversations? By example, yes, but also even just to throw in, you know, I'm a follower of Christ or I'm a Christian or I'm an Adventist like Catalina says or whatever. What can you do it how can you do it do you need to pray a lot about it so that god gives you courage because it doesn't come easy it doesn't come by because of whatever preconceived ideas we have perhaps because of reactions people have had about our christianity in the past what do you need to do to be able to do that think about it where do you start today that is a challenge for today it's very reflective and at the same time practical so i encourage you to do that and we're about to finish this season. This is lesson 11. Uh, we're going to have 12 and 13 in the next two weeks. So why don't you continue to follow us, like we said, and our social media and follow Catalina's podcast, of course, uh, the Connected Adventist podcast. We'll find us there and you'll find us in all sorts of avenues. We love to hear from you. And for now, I'm Dr. Dancy and I choose to bring God back into my conversations intentionally. What about you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.